This is Imperial Voice, streaming from the palace of His Imperial Majesty, Haile Selassie. someone goes to the school and says you know what this is happening it makes me feel really uncomfortable is there anything we can do to help they kind of say oh that's horrible and then never speak on it again they'll say anything about their girlfriend or the girls in school and even some teachers and say really horrid things but then if you said the same thing about their mum or their sister or someone they were related to they would have a complete freak out Hello. Hi. Welcome to Real Voice. Hello. Hi, guys. Okay. Um. I'm not meaning to make anyone comfortable, so all I'm going to say is, this is ladies' night. He's only one bloke, only one of him, and he shouldn't dominate. And he's a bit, he can, he can. So we need to sort of fight back and let our voices be heard, because that's what this is all about, isn't it? So we can't afford to be shy, because we're here and we're sending out a message. So I hope I don't sound preachy, but, you know, we need to sort of, you know... Give it a bit of way, yeah? It's completely right. I'm there to support. We call this Bring Our Daughter to Work Day. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, hello, everyone. Welcome to Imperial Voice. This is In Our City, streaming as if from the palace of His Imperial Majesty Haile Selassie I. I'm William Heath. And I'm Oluwatosi Onilere. And we have special guests today. I'd like to welcome Simi to the programme. Simi, hi. Hello. Simi is my daughter. Um, she's 18 and she's just got her A-level returns results. Um, how did that go, Simi? Uh, it went as well as it could have. Okay, okay. Well, Simi's been very modest. It went very well. And she's going to the University of the First Choice. Which is, so, which is that? Lancaster. Fantastic. Well done you. You've got through all the government algorithms and all the government's illegal skullduggery about messing around and you've got a, a, a university future. Well done and welcome to the show. Thank you. And you, William, are surrounded by a bevy of amazingly beautiful, intelligent young women. Who are they? The three graces. Please, do you want to introduce yourselves? I'm Daisy. I'm Maddie. I'm Sophie. And they're all from Kingswood School in Bath. And, and you're returning from, or, or are still in London, aren't yeah. you? Yes, we, we offered them a choice of summer break and top of the list came uh, a few days in London. So we've been, uh, we've been inspecting London shops and river buses and restaurants and, and that kind of stuff. So, so Sophia, yes? Sophie. Sophie? Sophia? How, how do you, how do you pronounce your name? Sophie. Sophie. Sophie, sorry. It's old age. Um, uh, how is London? It's been really good, yeah. We've just been, this is our first full day. So okay. We went to Covent Garden and we went, for, in the evening we just went to Soho. 
Yeah, I used to live in London and I used to spend my, I spent my very mis, mis, misguided youth in Covent Garden and um, um, uh, Trafalgar Square and Leicester Square. Yeah, so I hope you guys continue to have a really good time. So yeah, let's go on. Well, this is lockdown, lockdown summer holes, isn't it? So to see, I mean, since we've been doing this programme, we've been really focused on equality haven't we? And we, we just thought today we might focus on the question of sexism. But maybe that's ridiculous. Surely, you know, it's 2021. There isn't any sexism in Bath, is there? <laughs> of course there isn't. Yes. And, uh, oh, look, that's a pig flying over there. Right. No. Um, ladies, I'm going to throw this back at you. What do you think? I think there's definitely embedded sexism in most Definitely most of the boys in our year in our school. Like, um, they're, they're quite sexist. Yeah, it may not be, you may say, oh, it's just a joke. Like, start, like, calm down, you're being sensitive. Like, it's just, it's just there. And they don't really, they, they deny that they're sexist, but like, it really, they are. So what sort of examples do you come across? Well, I know that um, like on social media, I had someone say, like, they're just, they're completely blind to the fact that um, men are like the oppressors in society compared to women. And they think that they have no privilege at all, also being white, straight, and male. They're just blind to their privilege. They, they've never really been taught about how it's still there still isn't complete equality so when we talk about it they just completely deny it and completely shut their eyes off to any form of sexism because they just think well it doesn't really affect me so it doesn't matter well i would say first of all one of the sort of defense mechanisms of the bully is to always say whatever they hurtful thing they're doing is, it's just a joke. And, you know, so to try and put you sort of, um, is that, what, what's that expression? Sort of slightly gaslight you, put your Yeah, gas, gaslighting you to make you feel like what you believe or what you're saying is wrong. Even if you know for a fact that what you're saying is true, they try and misconstrue what you're saying and kind of invalidate your feelings. Exactly. They try and invalidate your feelings. Um, and, you know, we have to probably accept that men or, or people in any position of privilege are not going to willingly give it up because why should they? You know, the status quo is working in their favor. So really, why would they give it up? Why would they care about, you know, the oppressed minority when, or, or the oppressed other half if the system is working for them? That's the way sort of, you know, I see sort of uh, sexism and the positive side of sexism uh, which is feminism girls being becoming feminists or yeah. on your journey on your feminism journey i mean i can figure that, that, that there's you know most ceos and you know the majority of mps and sort of old people around retirement age you know have an old-fashioned view what i can't understand is is what you encounter so simi you're 18 now uh, yes i am so you've been right right through those school years and yeah. Three of you here are 14. 
So what I can't understand is what you encounter as an 18-year-old, you know, from, from 18-year-old contemporaries in 2021. Um, well, I have to say that over my life and over my, like, um, school history, my school life, um, I've been very lucky in that I've encountered very little sexism, and especially considering that I'm a black girl, black woman and everything, and um, I've actually encountered, I'd say... I guess the, a minimum, a, a, a small amount of sexism. However, there have been incidents um, in my school life. Um, most of them have just been small, sort of like when you're in class and you're sitting with teachers and they'll be like, um, boys are more likely to do this, like play football or do rugby or maybe be a firefighter. And then they'll kind of put girls into doing more supposedly feminine things. And so I know that like teachers don't always mean to be that way. And I know a lot of teachers try and be more inclusive and, you know, well, be less sexist, but there is almost like an inherently sexist, um, what's the word? Mentality? Yeah, mentality sometimes that, that just seeps into the teaching. Do you know, I think we, we have to be uh, wary, um, and I will shut up in a minute, but when Simi was a baby, I refused to buy her any dolls um, or or, um, any sort of feminine toys. And we actually went to a a psychologist because Simi used to be a non-eater. So we had, you know, some issues like feeding her. And she said to me, you know, you've got to let let her play with dolls. And I was like, but I don't want her to sort of get into assigned sort of gender roles. And she said, you know, people are who they are and she'll find her way. So it's as as much, I was in my own weird way being sexist or or overtly um, careful and risked damaging her by not allowing maybe instincts that she might have. So... um, I, I'm always in a bit of a quandary about the whole sexism argument. I think we need to sort of um, both recognize our own femininity, feminism, and sexism. Do you know what I mean? Be allowed to explore. We're allowed to explore who you are and which direction you want to go um, as, a, as a person first of all, before even as a woman and as a girl. So if you are really happy exploring uh, and the best times of your life are when you're baking or if your best times of your life are when you're doing chemistry or the best time of your life is doing (coughs) physics, you know, don't allow other people's idea of what, who you should be to influence that, to make you reject it, because it isn't, um, it, it doesn't fall into any idea already of what being a liberated woman means. Our first feminist anthem is Run the World by Beyonce, and she means girls run the world. Girls, we run this mother. Mother, girls, who run the world? Girls, who run the world? Girls, who run 
what's going on is a slight expectation that boys are going to be firemen and women are going to do more sort of caring professions. I mean, it's not perfect, but I'm not that bothered. If that really is all that's going on. But what I hear is that there's much more The thing than that. is, when, um, like, girls in our year, when we speak up about, like, whatever it is, like, maybe it's catcalling or something, that all the boys of our age have to say back is, oh, men get catcalled too, like, men get, like, sexually harassed as well. Obviously, that does happen, but it's tiniest, tiniest minority, and that's the only thing they have to say back to it. Like, they don't try and, like help it in any way all they say is just oh it happens to us too why are you guys being so <coughs> so is there a lot of yeah yes. that's like the, the wolf whistle yes. they yeah? say like oh i'm i highly doubt that you'll ever get catcalled in bath but, like it happens everywhere they can't just assume because they've never been catcalled before so you get catcalled in school or in in town when you go into the town in town in town yeah right it to be honest it does yes it will happen when you're wearing less clothes but people have been hackled that i know in sweatpants and hoodie like they, they it's, say it's our problem because we wear they just said oh it's your problem just wear less revealing clothes and you won't get catcalled that's just not true so what would you what have you thought about strategies what what do you think you could do to try and change it because i, I think it, it happens and it will probably happen to you maybe for the next 30 years and then I, it'll stop I think they just need to be educated on it more. Like, I would love if our school would just make everyone aware of the issues so they can educate them to a certain level and then people can take it into their own hands and educate themselves further. Because, really, our school doesn't talk about it. They don't do anything about it. If someone goes to the school and says, you know what, this is happening, it makes me feel really uncomfortable... Is there anything we can do to help? They kind of say, oh, that's horrible, and then never speak on it again. They don't do anything to help, and I just think a basic level of understanding would be great. Or like a few, maybe a few PSHC lessons on how, like, maybe res even just respect women more. Because that's just, it's just like those little jokes. And also, same with, like, racism. They make little racist jokes or little sexist jokes, and they're just not funny. Like they say it's an excuse, they're like, oh, it's just dark humour. Well, it's not funny. You're just making jokes with people who are less privileged. So I'm not sure we're getting to the heart of, of what I've sort of what has sounded most troubling to me. I've heard about, you know, an expectation that people should go in certain career things, catcalling in town. But, but what I hear is that on social media, boys routinely call girls uh, really unpleasant names and, and refer to a, girls or young women generally as you know sluts and whores and skegs skets i don't even know what that means <laughs> you know <laughs> this is new to me what thoughts or dishwashers yeah. is um, it yeah, about her <clears throat> we encounter that yes okay so that is quite serious i mean i think yes. that is a, i think a lot more serious maybe than an expectation about chris so where does that happen and who do, where does that come from it anything you do you could do nothing in that nature whatsoever and still get called a slag it's because just what you could do anything have you had that as well daisy um not like not in year nine but like even when we were young literally in year eight from from year eight which so from what sort of age which is yeah. like 11 to 13 yeah. and simi have you encountered that sort of thing as well well, never to my face, definitely. <laughs> I don't know what the would ever dare say that to my face. But no, I do know that um, they like 
like I've overheard them and I know that they like to talk about sometimes me and my friends in that way and um yeah I just hate it it's completely disrespectful but most of the guys that I hang around with have been well educated to um not speak in that way around women yeah Simi Simi's um I think I mentioned to you before that Simi seems to have uh, a group of uh friendship group where the boys are really sort of right on you know and they're like oh you've got a period or you're right sorry you know uh do you want to get your hot water bottle do you do you need some you know and they're not being sort of like cheeky they're being like really genuine so yeah it's um but i i'm i've equally known you know other boys who are absolutely reprehensible and disgusting in their behavior towards um you know young girls like yourselves but how are you going to seize power what are we going to do to seize power? What are we going to do to turn the tables on them? Well, I'm not going to lie. We've just, we always used to care so much about what all the boys and I thought of us. But now, just over this, like, lockdown period, I've just, I just don't care what they think of me anymore. Like, I don't care about, because they feed off of our, like, retaliation to them. Like, if they course that way and we get, like, really upset, that's what, like, they feed off of. That's what motivates them to do the next little sexist things so if we just stop caring stop giving them a reason to do it again then i feel like it'll it just i'll get bored of it but i think also to seize power i think that we should talk to teachers talk to the people in power in just to start with in our school and then they could we can really try and push to have lots of assemblies and lessons on it to really educate and then from there the school really doesn't have any they have policies, but the policies are never activated, and they really do need to actually put in place rules and things to stop that happening. Like sanctions. Is this actually happening in schools? You've described it happening on the streets in Bath, and if you if you you know if you wander around Bath, I think it's it's a good thing that you feel confident and safe and grown up enough, and that Bath is basically a safe enough place that you can wander around. But then you do encounter some bad behaviour, and that's you know reprehensible. And also you encounter it online, but do you actually encounter it inside the school? Is, is it something which is under the school's control? Um, well, the words that we, um, we're being called, um, that happens in school. In words. school. They just refer to like all, all girls. Right. All girls is those words. In, 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 your, their, in, your, in your hearing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. In, their, in their view, okay. all girls. Yeah. Behind our backs, uh, to our faces, yeah. online. Yeah. And and that is kind of tolerated, or nothing's done about it. Exactly, no, absolutely nothing's done. Yeah. Some of the uh, boys I mean, night... nothing can be done if we don't tell anyone. So, some of the boys in our year have called utterly horrible, um, homophobic names to girls, and we've told teachers, and they, nothing has happened. Absolutely nothing. Okay, so I wonder if this is a per school thing. Simi, does this sound very different? Which, which school were you at, Simi? Forgive me, I, I don't know. Um, well, I guess I've just graduated from Ralph Allen. Ralph Allen, okay. And is, is what the Kingswood girls are describing, is that quite sort of unfamiliar to you, quite different from what Ralph Allen would have been like? Um, well, I was only in Ralph Allen um, for the sixth form, but I did some mentoring and things with um, some of the, the younger school, the lowest school. Um, and I can say that while I've never really had so much of this behaviour in the sixth form, I've definitely kind of seen it in the lower school and it's almost like the younger that you are the lower down you are in the school maybe because you don't understand the repercussions or how what you can say can hurt or damage somebody you actually hear those kind of 
demeaning and sexist words a lot more often. Um, and I and I do know that the teachers in the school always try to kind of give lectures and talk to kids and you know try to um, put a stop to such behavior. But ultimately, at the end of the day, apart from maybe like sending a kid home and things like that, there's not much else that they can do. And hopefully, hopefully curb their behavior. But I worked for um, was it like a term? I think it was at. Um... Oh, what was the school called? Um, St. Mark's. St. Mark's. And I worked in the um, uh, welfare um, office. And I was so shocked <laughs> to have, you know, 12, 13-year-old boys um, making sexual gestures at me. And it was just, it was, I was, I was stunned and... Um, nothing happened to them, really. So, you know, I thoroughly believe you girls when you say, you know, um, boys do these things. And I guess maybe the school becomes a little bit, they're almost inured to it. And they think that's just part of life. And I thought, if these kids are daring to do that to me, a grown woman, what on earth are they doing to you know, kids their own age. I, only I wonder, yes, please go ahead, yes. When they get older, they will mature out of it. Because, obviously, um, the boys you're talking about in sixth form, they, that behaviour was a lot less common. I think that will happen with age, but it still doesn't take away from the issue that this is going on right now. And, obviously, there's a few years away from until we get to that stage. But, they need to be younger children need to be educated on it. Our second feminist anthem is Sisters Are Doing It For Themselves by The Arrhythmics with Aretha Franklin.
that you might do something like um, uh, the girls all come together and instead of just punishing, like shaming them in a sense by giving out awards, you know, to the most dick, dickheadish or whatever and um, yeah. bloke in the year, the most sexist tosser, the whatever, you know, bring up a whole load of categories and at the end of term or half term or whenever you have your days, go up there and give the awards, you know, get people to come and nominate them and shame them. Yeah. Maybe that's how you need to turn the tables on them because this isn't, you know, you yeah, take the power, take the power, them, power take the back. Power for the words back. Yeah. They'll want to win it knowing that. They take it as a joke and want to win it and turn it into, again, They'll turn it back on us again. Well, no, they will not if they don't know you guys are doing it quietly. Yeah. And then you know, it's just to just to get to get the teachers to agree to it, do it quietly. Then one day, assembly, hit them with it. But to see, um, in our city, aren't, aren't we more inclined to find positive solutions to things? And wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't it be positive? Wouldn't it be better to invite the girls to nominate the very small number of boys who actually treat women with respect? Because then they would just get called simps, and then they would yeah, they would get rude. Yeah. See, yeah. as boys mature, they realise they want good relationships with girls and women. Yeah, they want girlfriends, and they want, yes. they, want they get to a stage where they get really cool to be popular with women, where it's kind of almost the coolest thing. I mean, it's as cool as being wealthy or something. So I think what you're saying is it's a problem with the young teens because they're a bit juvenile. And also age 14, the maturity gap is the biggest. I mean, you know, as girls, you've matured and grown and emotionally you've matured much more than the boys and they're kind of a bit pissed off and jealous and you've beaten them at hockey and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> so, so they're kind of quite, yeah, grumpy and kicking out. But the question is what, what would educate them and incentivize and encourage and make them kind of learn and behave differently. Yeah. I mean, what worries me is, is the sort of language that you've described and behavior you've described in a country where we have an Equalities Act, if they grow up and behave like that in their place of work, they will be in real trouble. They'll be you know, disciplined, yeah. they'll lose their jobs, and therefore as part of an education, it has to be made absolutely clear to them that it's totally unacceptable. It's not just bad manners. Well, I don't agree with you that they'd lose their job or any of that sort of stuff because that's the whole point of their privilege. But no, I still wanted to say something. Can um, like, yeah. Um, well, I just wanted to quick, just quick mention is that and is that um, with boys and stuff is that especially with the young years and stuff is that they also have double standards when it comes to sexism because they'll say anything about their girlfriend or the girls in school and even some teachers and say really horrid things. But then if you said the same thing about their mum or their sister or someone they were related to, they would have a complete freak out. And it's like they don't see the discrepancy between how they treat both groups. And it's just really disheartening because then if you want to go said that about a boy's mum after he's demeaned a girl and said horrible things to her, he'll be like, how could you say that about mum? How could you do this? How could you do that? and have a big freak out about it. And it's like, but don't you see that these girls, these women are also, also mean something to somebody else and that this is also someone else's mom or sister or friend. Yeah, like when they grow up and have, or maybe have a daughter, they would absolutely hate the idea that some random boy is calling their daughter a slag and being so horrible to her. They would hate that, the thought of that. But yes, it's okay to do it to someone else's daughter. By doing it to other girls, they're giving it like 
in theory, if they do have a daughter, they're giving anyone permission to do that to them. It's like AOC. That's exactly right. Yes. Did you did you see that uh, Simi and Tosin when um, AOC? Oh, yes. That Republican senator for for um, insulting. Um, Yes. Yeah. Yes, insulted her, and uh, she said, "Don't make the excuse that you have a just because you have a daughter, it means that you're not being sexist and vile, and you know you just demeaned me." Um, yeah, that doesn't give you the excuse. But maybe you you need to talk to other dads at the school, and maybe that's what you know. Dads need to go to an assembly and say something and boys you know boys 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 learn from their fathers so when you go to school and you um demean a woman you're saying that that's what i do at home you're saying that that's the way that i brought you up you're because you, you say that to you know um daisy or you say that to maddie or you say that to sophie you're saying it also someone else is also saying it to your sister in the next room. So we've got to stop it. Maybe that's a positive way of, you know, by getting dads to come and talk to, to them about men, it. Or father figures. Or men, men father in figures, yes. In the community to come and talk to them. Yeah, to say this is not acceptable. Men picking that up would take the pressure off the girls. I, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think? I'm going to definitely speak to my tutor about it at, and like house mistress at the beginning of term. Yeah. Because it's something that needs to be stopped because it's been going on literally since we were 11 years old. Yeah. I think the school completely has to make it clear it's intolerable in, in, in the school environment and the school premises. But I also would think this, that the school should take responsibility for educating the boys that they don't do it online. I mean, you go onto social media, yeah. it's not a place where your parents uh, have any influence or control, mm -hmm. nor does the school have any influence or control, mm -hmm. except that the, the children who are there are people's of the school, aren't they? Yeah. But I think the schools also taught us from a very young age that we are the issue. It's not the boys, it's us. They're saying, oh, like, if a boy's mean to us, it's just, oh, it's because they like you. Like, that's what the school teaches, isn't it? And definitely, it's what everyone teaches. It's not what the school teaches, it's like what just like... It's what society From year seven, like we were told, okay, you can't wear that colour bra because it's distracting to the boys, it's distracting to the male teachers. When they would get distracted over what we're wearing, it was our issue, it wasn't their issue. And the boys were taught that from a really young age. So obviously, I mean, yes, to a certain extent, it is their fault, but if that's the way they were brought up and the way they were taught that things go, when they know that we have had, there's been an issue in school and we're the people who have to change the way we are acting and dressing, not them changing the way they are reacting to what we're doing, they're going to carry on that behaviour for many years to come. And the school is teaching you as women to do something that... We, you will probably find yourself continuing to do if you don't, if you're not careful. And that is, women reduce themselves all the time. We make ourselves smaller to make men more comfortable. To women them feel, to make them feel more powerful. So our voices are lower. Yeah, we don't. Simi, as Simi said, to make them feel less emasculated. We say less. We we smile more. 
we um, uh, we we go up, you know, if you do really well in exams, you go, oh God, that was just really lucky. It was just a fluke. You know, you don't acknowledge that you actually, it's because I'm clever and I work hard. Uh, so we have to be, um, you have to fight against, in a sense, what your school is doing, but you on your own can't fight against it. You need your parents. That would be my take is that you guys need your parents to also be vocal. It's, it's, it's too big a war yeah. for you to carry on your shoulders at the end of the day, because then it makes it seem as though, oh, you know, uh, Maddie is too sensitive. Oh, bloody hell. You know, she's yeah. here again. Oh, Sophie's, oh God, you know. But if parents are coming in droves and saying, there is an intolerable environment here, then the school will sit up. Yeah, mm -hmm. schools don't like unhappy parents. They don't. They do not. Your parents are your best weapon in fights like this. Even if you don't want to call them, ultimately they are. So I think for me to be more involved, I would sort of like to know the names of the boys and the specific behaviour. Literally all of them, except for one or two. I mean, yeah. bless the one or two who are sort of good. I wanted to make a, a different point. Like actively against it. Yeah. yeah. But others are just don't do anything about it to their friends, but most of them. So do you know something? This issue sort of is as old as the hills. I came across a letter which is from 50 or 60 years ago, mm -hmm. and it is about a Kingswood parent. So someone who was a Kingswood parent, a Kingswood grandparent, and it's about the issue of clothes. We talked about clothes. Yeah. So here's a young girl who, for the first time, she purchased a pair of jeans. They were yellow, and they had a straight boot cut. These jeans marked the time when I started to feel like a teenager. I remember catching a glimpse of myself in the mirror and noticing how much I was changing. My mother, known for a conservative taste, complained that girls should not wear trousers and tried to prevent me from wearing my newly acquired outfit. I quickly made a point of raising my concerns to the Kingswood parent in question. To my delight, he declared that girls and boys are created equal and promptly announced that I could wear pants. And to this day, I wear both pants and skirts, and I'm glad that I didn't grow up with these kinds of restrictions. Now, do you know who that Kingswood parent was? No. It's Bath's most eminent ever resident, His Imperial Majesty Haile Selassie I, who was a Kingswood parent. The school doesn't shout about that very much, does I, it? Literally, I had no idea until he told me. Yeah, so his children and grandchildren all went to Kingswood School. That's so cool. And I think his point, which I think is a religious point, that boys and girls are created equal, yeah, that's where it's rooted. He was a very devout guy. I think, I think he's absolutely right. So there he was in the 60s, allowing his, uh, allowing his granddaughter to wear jeans. Very forward thinking. Very forward thinking. I think he'd be a good, um, a good kind of, I don't know, role model for the school. Yeah. Our third anthem is Aretha Franklin's version of Respect. That's all we ask for. A little bit of R-E-S-P-E-C-T.
So listen, the destination is kind of total equality. We want the school to kind of get actively involved. Do you think it's realistic for the school to practice zero tolerance? Yeah. Yes. I, don't, I think there should be a zero tolerance policy. It's Personally, not. I think if we actually take, like, charge with it, I think that some of the girls should face consequences too, because it's not like we're completely... I feel like we've obviously done some stuff too. Like, obviously it's less than them, because they're the reason we started it. But I feel like maybe we should wait till we go back to school to see if they continue doing it, because it's been five months since we've seen them, and people change, like... They're still doing it. They're doing it online. Yeah, how do we know that? Not We don't know that now. They have done it. Too, like. I mean, yeah, but they haven't done it. We haven't known about it. I've like, been, like, told months. about, like, what people say. I feel like we should wait for it. Like, at the same time, if, if there is a zero tolerance act, it'll be zero tolerance either way. Yeah, it won't be just zero tolerance. Like, if they speak up about it, it and no, they... but like, I don't think we should take any names until like it's been confirmed that like they're still doing it like actively, not like they've changed their mindset. Do you do you go do, do you get mentored by the older girls and do you mentor the younger ones? Um, we don't mentor the younger ones. It's only in sixth form when they do the assembly. Right. Okay, so you can't really know what's going on in the younger years because then if you did, you would be able to know, okay, even if by some miracle <laughs> you came back, went back to school and it wasn't a problem for you guys anymore, how would you be able to know that it wasn't the problem for the other girls? Korea, if it's still happening, because she's in the boarding house, so she might like experience a bit more because it's like, they're all together, like basically living together. So I can ask. Also, her. if we bring it up with our tutors, then they'll probably do a house assembly on it, and then all the years we'll hear it, or like year nine to thirteen, we'll hear about it in our house. And then if it's still a problem, then it will take it to like the whole school. So when Tosin and I floated the idea of this show on the Imperial Voice group, we did get pushback, which said, "Oh, but you know, girls are just as bad. Girls bully each other in a sexist way. Girls make make each other conform to this thing, and girls insult and bully boys and stuff." And I mean, is there is there much of that? Is there any of that? I would not say we bully them, but I'd say like it was not like we're completely clean. I won't admit that, but we're not we're not as bad as them. Definitely not. We wouldn't like actively make them feel invalid about their feelings like they do to us. So, what does K A M stand for? Kill them. Do you use that very much? Yes. Do, I you... stand by it. <laughs> do, do you use K-A-M, Simi? Um, what does that mean? No. What does it mean? Kill all men 2020. All men in cages 2020. It's more a thing of not actually all men. Just there's a large proportion that have... Ross Simpson insult. Downgraded women for a long time and it's basically women's a women's way of trying to fight back on that it's not actually let's kill all the men yeah like i saw um there was a video on tiktok about a girl um speaking up about her story of sexual harassment and all of the comments were men invalidating her about her feelings it was either Oh, um, like making jokes about it, or like, oh, what were you wearing? And then, I don't know. It just kind of started after they were invalidating everyone. So then, I don't know. It's not. It's not literally kill all men. It's just, I don't mm. know. It's basically, mm. a just, cry of exasperation. It's a yeah. way of trying to take control of a situation that we've really But then, not. like, but, men start to kill all women, which is just. An abuse of power, and then they started rape all women. 
So I think kill all men, it's, it's like you're adopting the tool of the oppressor and you're then completely open to the accusation. That, 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 yeah, and, and I think maybe it's a mistake, just a tactical mistake. I guess. I, don't, I, I think it's quite hard to call for a general raising of standards if that's kind of flying around a lot. Yeah, true. I mean, like, I haven't researched in like a bit, but I don't know. Some men are really making me want to stand by Yeah, I think, I, think, I mean, it sounds like some, some of the behaviour you encounter is, is absolutely maddening and disempowering and damaging and, and really, really trying to limit your, your sort of prospects and future, which is completely wrong. Well, I, I mean, the bad news, girls, is that it's, it, it's going to continue for the rest of your lives. You are going to go into different, and it, it's, it's going to be different. It's going to take different forms in different places. It will be maybe when you go to the law firm, someone asking you uh, with your fuss from, you know, Oxford, um, and still being asked to look pretty when you go coming to a meeting with a, you know, with a client. And what has that got to do with the fact that you are this brilliant young lawyer or brilliant whatever? Sexism doesn't go away. Um, uh, I don't think, yes, I don't think it will ever go away. I think you just have to, uh, we, we all collectively and individually have to find ways, tools to, to, to cope with it. It's not going to go away. Um, and I, uh, I'm not like your... I'm not like William, not like your dad. Um, I, I don't think, I think human, humans are capable of only so much good. I used to think that people, there was a linear pro, um, projection that human beings were going to get better and better as we got more enlightened. But I haven't actually seen that. As uh, some people become worse, the more privileged, the more they have, the more awful it becomes human beings. And you have to sort of maybe look at it and think, you know what, it's not me, it's them. And deal with that. There may be cycles to it and stuff, but listen, it is a change that in 2010 we introduced the Equalities Act and those, there are protected characteristics, including gender, and it's actually against the law to discriminate or to harass people on that basis. And on the back of that, a bunch of schools, certainly Beach and Cliff, certainly Kingswood, have introduced school policies. So at least the policies... They exist now and they're rooted in law, even if people aren't using them very much. And also, I mean, Tosin, we talked last week, didn't we, to um, two councillors who set up an equalities panel for Bath Council. So that, um, and that is there to push an equalities agenda in Baines. I contacted one of them about this uh, issue, Kumai Yukteswar, Tosin, and he said, sexism is prevalent in almost all the schools and colleges in our county. And I can say this from what I've heard from my own 14-year-old son, for exactly the same mistake, one gender is punished in some schools while the other is exonerated. I can give you many examples, and perhaps we can discuss this sometime later. So they're trying to pick up this agenda and push it forward. I accept, Tosin, there's not a sort of, you know, single unidirectional improvement of the human race, but, but um, you know, the arc of justice and all that. Look, we have laws all the time, don't we? I'm like, sorry, I can see that. So Maddie, you wanted to say something. Please go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I don't think they will ever go away because there will there will always be someone who is just as bad as the next person there will always be someone who is sexist always there'll always be someone who's racist there'll always be someone who's homophobic it won't ever go away you just need to try and minimize how that's going on and you need to try and come up with as many ways as possible that people are punished for it and that people can cope with it 
I think it can flip quite quickly. I think you can have an environment where it sticks out and it's unacceptable. And clearly you've got the opposite at the moment. You've got an environment where, where it's so omnipresent that people don't bother. I think it's like smoking. You're too young to remember, but people used to smoke in tubes and in pubs and everywhere. It just smells of smoke. That's how it was. And you didn't think it could be any different. They passed a law and everyone thought, this is ridiculous. It's so bossy. Imagine passing a law that you can't smoke. I mean, you know, what are you going to do in a pub if you can't smoke? But guess what? It's that different now. You know, if you smoke a cigarette in the tube or in the pub, um, it, would, it, would, it would be outrageous, wouldn't it? Yeah. And I think it'll change like that. I do. Completely social. And I think it, I think it should be like that with sex and language yeah. schools. I just think, and race. And, any, and race. All any, the um, diminishing language. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Simi wants to add something. Um, I was going to say that um, I think all these kind of come rise like trends in a way because, I mean, if you think like thousands, thousands of years ago, we've got these ancient societies where women were more dominant in China and in different tribes and things like that. Um, but at the same time, like then as Westernization and things happened, you know, we saw the downfall of women in this and the in society and how they were treated. And today, unfortunately, we've got world leaders like Donald Trump. And to a lesser extent, we've got um, Boris Johnson and particularly Trump's treatment of women and how he talks about them and how he treats women and how rude and sexist he is. And this is kind of like the leader of the so-called free world is a sexist bigot. And it's like, this is what all these young men and women around the world are seeing. And it's setting a bit of a precedent of how you should treat women. And I mean, hopefully you have parents um, and people out there who know that that's not right. And that's not how you should treat a person, any person. However, that is what you're teaching them at home and telling them uh, contradicts who is leading their country. It's always outrageous that someone is in such great power is so homophobic, racist, sexist. It's literally awful and you're putting him up on a pedestal for all these young people to admire, or doubtfully many people admire him, but you're putting someone who acts like that so high up and everyone's seeing him act like that and like why why are we letting someone like that be in power? It's ridiculous. You need someone who's actually going to be inclusive and fair. Yeah. Because like, what was the guy who got into, what was it, the is it Supreme Court Justice? Oh, yes. Um, I can't Kavanaugh. Remember, um, Kavanaugh. And, you know, he's allegedly, like, molested or raped lots of women who have come out. And yet he's still got into such a position of power despite all these claims against him and accusations and investigations. And it's just showing that, yes, we have all these talks and, you know, you guys are doing this radio show and it's really great, but ultimately the people in power just put other people in power who hate women and demean them and don't really see them as anything else than there to maybe serve and be in the kitchen and produce babies. It's very interesting that in the, the pandemic, has shown up the leadership qualities of Angela Merkel and Jacinda Ahern in, in New Zealand. They've just clearly outperformed the populists, you know, in Brazil and America and Britain. So, so that example of female leadership, I think, is globally admired. I think it's really interesting that in Bath, you know, our MPs are women, the leader of our council is a woman. 
there's something to work with there at least. Yeah. I mean, I agree that, that you know, democracy has, has <laughs> delivered us a couple of turkeys, <laughs> you know, and, and that they're deplorable in this respect in particular, but also in lots of other respects as well. Well, you know, it's, it's um, again, I, by, uh, for, for, I, I think I, I, I might have brought it up with you, that in the past we, there were always um, allegations, assertions that uh, children, people from minority sort of backgrounds were unfairly penalised by the education system. And for the most part, it was completely ignored and disregarded by the vast majority of the uh, population as being just sour grapes. And it is only because of this pandemic that we have seen that algorithms uh, are built around racist, um, uh, classes, gender, race, race, what you know. uh, But without the pandemic, people will continue to have asserted that those who doubted the algorithm, those who questioned it, were just sour grapes. So what I'm saying is that even the system that you think has evolved hasn't really evolved. The system still supports the old patriarchy. yeah, I share your very deep concerns about that, Tosin, and we should, I think we should come back to that in a future show, this, this embedding of prejudice in, in sort of a, an unjust architecture of a sort of uh, information-age society and algorithms in particular. So I think on, on, on the question of sexism in schools, if we sort of gradually, gradually wrap this one, you're, you're, I mean, you're a unique generation. I mean, Simi, you're, you've sort of had A-levels in lockdown and, and you've been given your outcome, and then the three of you, Maddie, Daisy, Sophia, you haven't seen your friends for six months and you've had that kind of interregnum. How, how do you hope it'll be when you get back? How, how, on, the, on this particular issue of, of, of your contemporary boys treating with respect, how do you think it, it can be better? I don't know if it will be better, but I hope that over lockdown they've just kind of matured a little and see that, you know what, these jokes just aren't funny. No one finds them funny. And that hopefully that they're just a little more educated and just have just this like tiny bit of respect would be nice. That would be nice, wouldn't it? I agree, but I'm not really expecting it to be any different. Well, let us know when you find it. And and Simi, what what about you? What does what does the next sort of what does the time before Lancaster hold for you? Um, I'm not really sure. I mean, like I said, most of my male friends and guys that I know, I know that they all have like very healthy respect for women, and they've all got mother figures or female figures in their lives who are quite strong and I know don't wouldn't really tolerate any of that behavior um but I guess it's just you know it's when you do have situations like that and meet up with situations like that it's ultimately how you respond to them whether you ignore it whether you get baited and get into an argument like it depends on how cleverly you go about it because it is a very difficult minefield because you don't want to give them more ammo to then say, oh, no, you're being oversensitive or I was just joking and things like that. And it's just something that you kind of have to go with in your life and you have to figure out how to maneuver in that minefield. This has been special Bring Your Daughters and Friends to Work Day as we talk about the sexism in schools in Bath. 
I'd like to thank you, Simi, very much for joining us. I'd like to wish you all the best for your months up until Lancaster and from then beyond. Uh, thank you. Oh, I'm so sorry. I was waiting to <laughs> hear a little bit more from the girls. Um, Daisy, Maddie, Sophie, it was a real pleasure having you on the show. And I hope you will all find your voices uh, and soar and rise and fly as eagles. Um, I'm Uluwato Sin Onilere. And yeah, thank you for joining us this evening. Thank you for having me. And I'm William Heath. This has been In Our City, streaming as if from the palace of His Imperial Majesty, Haile Selassie I. Stay tuned to Imperial Voice. Mm -hmm.